forgotten land. This was the first time we we're going to get a true, fully 3D visualized Kirby game. If you were one of the many fans of Kirby, this was exciting news. But for the rest of the non-Kirby fans, uh, or people who dismiss Kirby, this was nothing interesting, nothing surprising. Kirby has always gotten a type of, eh, easy, just for kids. But Kirby in the Forgotten Land is not your typical game. It's not your typical Kirby game. It has very much very similar things from past Kirby games, but not only was this Kirby's first 3D outing, but to me, I felt like it hit everything that was important to Kirby's past, but bringing a little bit something new to the present. Welcome everyone to this special episode of Third Party Controller Podcast. This is not just a review on Kirby and the Forgotten Land for the Nintendo Switch. This is also a talk of Kirby's past. I'm your host, Jesse P.S. Lara, and today I'm not going to go through in the beginning a full spoiler mode of Kirby and the Forgotten Land because some of you are like, oh, I haven't played it or I don't have a Switch or I'm almost done with it, but I don't want anything to be ruined. Oh, no spoilers. I can't listen to this episode. You're not 100% wrong. The first part you can listen to, because I kind of do want to talk not only about Kirby in the Forgotten Land, but my journey to get to Kirby in the Forgotten Land. So we're going to be talking about some of the games I've played in the Kirby franchise, and then I'll give you a little bit of what I thought non-spoilery of what Kirby in the Forgotten Land, how it was to me, and then we'll get into some of the spoiler stuff, which probably won't be too much, but I will promise you that right now, uh, you can listen to this first beginning part because uh, we're going to go through my adventure. When it was announced Kirby and the Forgotten Land was coming out, I was excited. As a fan of Kirby, as one who's dabbled in the Kirby games, I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed Kirby. I've always enjoyed its gameplay, its world, and just Kirby as a character, the funny pink ball of lovely deliciousness. I don't know why I said that. That was weird, <laughs> but I'm keeping it in. Um, that lovely little guy uh, was always so charming to me, even at a young age. I, I remember the first time I played a Kirby game was at school, was a, a, a kid in my class. Uh, he had the Game Boy and Kirby's Dreamland, and I tried it, and I remember this was cool because visually it was uh, uh, your basic green palette Game Boy, you know, nothing fancy, but the the large character sprites, the music, this round puffball that could suck up its enemies and spit it out. Now, yes, in the beginning, Kirby was just sucking people. He did not take his abilities. It was just sucking, spitting back out. Fun little quick game you can play on the Game Boy. At the moment, I didn't know it was quick because I was at school and it, I didn't have a Game Boy at that early age as a child. And he had a Game Boy. He had Kirby's Dreamland, and he let me play it for a little bit, and it was cool. From that day forward, I always liked Kirby. I never disliked Kirby. Now, um, at that moment, before uh, when it got announced, and before uh, my experience with Kirby was basically the Game Boy 
Dreamland. And throughout the years growing up, uh, you know, I'd heard about all these other games. I think I only ever really played the, the Kirby Superstar on the Super Nintendo. I don't even think I played it at my cousin's house. I don't think anyone had it. I think I played it later in like when the Wii came out and you were able to download, uh, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64 games. I remember playing those. I do have a vivid memory of playing uh, Kirby 64 for the Nintendo 64 at my cousin Ricky's house. I remember he rented it from Planeta 64. I'm pretty sure that's where he rented it because that's where he rented all his games. And I remember him being super stoked and showing me like, dude, you can copy abilities, but you can combine abilities. And I was like, whoa, no way. And at the moment, since it was like, oh, the Nintendo 64, all games are going to be 3D. Kirby 64 had a, a type of 3D, not 3D, 2.5D side scrolling mechanic to it. And I don't think I played it. I think I watched him play it. I don't. I he might have been like, "Hey, do you want to play?" I might have said no, or I might have just held it and been like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what to do." Because at that time, Nintendo 64, the console as a whole, it was daunting. This new controller, this whole 3D world. You know, I don't. I think even at that time, I, I had hadn't even had a, a 3D console yet. Like the PlayStation, you know, I didn't have that yet. So I hadn't dipped my toes into that arena, but. It seemed very conflicting and, and weird to me, but really, at the time, I didn't know it was a 2.5D game. And then, uh, you know, years went on. I, I'd heard about all these other games like Mass Attack, Kirby's Canvas Curse, uh, Kirby's Tilt and Tumble for the game. All the all, I've heard of Kirby games, but I think I didn't really like get invested in a lot of the games. I don't even think at that time I was I never even beat a Kirby game whatsoever but at that time you know I did get into video games like around PlayStation is when oh man I'm really getting invested into video games PS2 Xbox GameCube all that stuff because even GameCube I think there wasn't really that much Kirby stuff in GameCube except for like Kirby's Air Ride fast forward to like the DS and the 3DS when I had a 3DS I don't even think I touched any of the Kirby games that came out on the original DS, but when I had a 3DS, there was a, a um, I think with 3DS, I mean, going from Game Boy Advance, because there was games on the Game Boy Advance, I didn't touch any Kirby games on that, I'd heard of them. I think I kind of fell into that, like, people's perception of Kirby was always, it's a, it's a kid's game, it's fucking easy. And it's for kids. It's a stupid baby game. It's stupid babies play this fucking game, dude. Kirby's stupid. And I, I never had that feeling toward Kirby. But I kind of was like, ah, I want to play other games. <laughs> like, I didn't... Not, not, not that I thought it was a baby game or anything like that. But I, I think I was just more of like, I want to play games that are, like, highly reviewed. Right? Like... Oh, you should try this game, this RTS, this RPG, this simulation game, this adventure game, this, you know, anything that was like high praised, whether it was for the Advance, the DS or whatever, um, try this adventure tap as you go game, or rhythm game, whatever. It, they were always praised, but it was, it was like, oh, great Kirby game, 7 out of 10, right? And I think it was around that time where I was focusing on what reviews were, and if, and if a review said, hey, try this out, and I would, I would read some of the reviews, and you know, try this game out, 10 out of 10, 
9 out of 10, something new, something old, whatever. I would always try anything that was critically acclaimed. And I'm not saying that Kirby wasn't good enough to be like critically acclaimed, but it just w wouldn't get anything I want. If I, I could be wrong. If we probably look back at reviews, there's probably like 8s or 9s or 10s. Even I think even too, if it got an 8, I would just be like, well, it's not a 9 or a 10, so I don't think I'm going to invest in this Kirby game. I never did for those reasons. Again, I didn't fall into the, it's for babies. I kind of just fell into more around the time, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play these critically acclaimed games. I'm going to play these new, new type of games I haven't tried, but people are saying try it out. And I think I already played some Dreamland as a kid and dabbled in Kirby here and there growing up. And what it sounds like is it hasn't evolved. So I've already played it. I'm not playing anything new, so I don't care, right? I think there were some games like on the Wii that got like praised, but I just at that moment I was just like, not until the 3DS. When the 3DS came along, a game that that people were like, dude, you gotta play this was Kirby's Triple Deluxe, and that was getting praised. I remember. I remember that people were going like, dude, you gotta play it. Oh, Triple Deluxe is awesome. And I'm like, okay, you know what? What do I have to lose? People are saying it's good. I'm going to try it out. It looks good. Let's play it. I loved Kirby's Triple Deluxe. Ooh, how much I loved it. I was like, this is great. Dude, not even like, I want to say a year or two later, the amazing Kirby's Planet Robobots. Woo! That one. Changed up a mechanic. Changed up some stuff. Woo! Oh my god, that was so much fun. I loved it, the exploration, going through everything. It was so great. Now look, Triple Deluxe, Planet Robobot, fun games. But I understand when people go like, it's too easy. And it's like, yes, they're not insanely difficult games. But you can find the difficulty in like the collection part of them. Now sometimes, like in, I remember in Planet Robobot, you'd have to get like this code cube or whatever. There were certain ways to get the code cubes, and sometimes there would be like, oh, the only way to get it is to unlock this hatch, but to do it, it's a time-based thing where something's happening in the background, and you gotta get to it before it locks the door. Like, as, as an example, it would be things like that. And it wouldn't be frustrating, it would actually be fun. And I think what people don't understand about Kirby is, yes, a lot of the games aren't difficult. If you wanna say that Kirby is like, oh, it's super easy, you could beat it like in five hours or you could beat it in 45 minutes and they kind of take it back to it. Sometimes some of the Kirby games are built to have repeated playthroughs and some of the repeated playthroughs are a bit harder or to collect everything. But it's not like an artificial hardness, meaning like, well, we threw these here to make it harder, to make it more frustrating, to elongate the time. We just added all this chaffa. And Kirby games, the really good ones, like Triple Deluxe and Planet Robobot, all this extra stuff that was added into it, some of the higher difficulty stuff was fun to go through. That's the difference between, fuck, this is a waste of time, to, damn, this is fun, but I want to try to get it because I'm having such a good time. And that's what these two Kirby games did. They made it fun. But when you try to explain that to somebody, which, hey man, Beto, who's a part of the show, for years I would kind of explain that he would have a look of like Ugh, it's just annoying stuff and I don't blame him to think that it's annoying things I have to go through to to elongate or make this game last longer for me and it was hard to kind of explain and it was my fault 
to be like, no, but it's designed so well that it's fun, but it's still difficult, but it adds the extra value to it. And a lot of Kirby games, it's like, oh, you finished the story, but did you? And there's more to it to unlock the true ending. And other times, that's really cool and it's really fun. I understand when people see it from the outside and think those things, that it's too easy, it's a short game, it's not fun, it's not challenging, but it is. And it's hard when you say, no, but to unlock certain things, you have to collect these things. And sometimes when you say the collect-a-thon thing, you could kind of perceive it as, oh my God, is this going to be like Donkey Kong 64, which had 200 and blah, whatever, collect to get the true lameness. You know, like some things are done crappy. I get it. Some of the Kirby games, some of the really good ones, if it's designed well, it's really fun and it's done really well. So I think that's usually the hard barrier to get past for some people. And a lot of the times, the barrier for some people is because Kirby's a brown pink ball. And it looks like something for kids. Or it's not tough enough. It's not Duke Nukem or a cool Call of Duty cover guy on the cover to show that this is badass. You know, I get it. I get when people see that and they're like, well, it's not for me. And you know what? I think Kirby's for everybody. On my adventure of going through Kirby and the Forgotten Land, I had decided, you know, being a fan of the original Dreamland that I played as a kid and going, you know, playing Triple Deluxe, beating it, and Planet Robobot for the 3DS and beating it, I was so excited to hear that they were doing a fully 3D realized Kirby game and it looked amazing. And so I decided I had about a month, maybe two months, and I decided to stream the mainline Kirby games because I never really got to play them. I never got to beat those games. I never got to go through them, you know, figure them out or, or experience them. So I thought, you know what? I have time. I have a Twitch channel. I I should just go through it and and. Maybe because with this 3D Kirby game, I, I want, you know, the Forgotten Land, I if there's anything that, like, is part of the original, I kind of want to know the inside jokes or the characters, if they show up to be excited. You know, I knew a bit. I knew King Dedede. I knew Meta Knight. Um, but is there more to the lore? Is there more to the characters? So I kind of just ended up streaming a lot of the mainline Kirby games on my Twitch stream, and I did. And this is just going to be a quick explanation of everything I played and what I thought about them. Uh, now, I'm not going to go too deep into every game in detail, but just kind of, you know, going through my playthrough of it. Um, there was Kirby's Dreamland and Kirby's Dreamland 2. Finally got around to playing the original Kirby's Dreamland. Had fun. You can beat it in 45 minutes. I want to say I beat it in like an hour or two maybe, but I think 45 minutes is one of them. And uh, <laughs> I remember Beto was just like 45 minutes and I'm just like, yeah, but like it was for a handheld and 
back then handheld games had to be quick and fast and he just kind of dismissed it and i get it i, I get that part I, if you got really into it you know um and you're like that's it but i know that if you beat it then if you hit select an a when you started a new game it was a harder mode didn't get to try that but i played through that uh played through kirby's dreamland 2 which was really fun and this was kind of the mechanics they added like uh, the copy ability, but also the ability of being able to have some partners with you, and it changed up a lot of the gameplay. Then you had Kirby's Adventure, which is basically a remake of Kirby's Dreamland for the NES, but it was Kirby's Adventure, and that's when you got the copy ability. And then it, it had a harder difficulty and harder end bosses. One that I did play through, I finally, uh, I would always dabble in Kirby Superstar. I never got too far, but Kirby Superstar was kind of. Not confusing, but even then I thought like, are these just little mini games or like, is this it? Where's the main Kirby game? Cause I played through like one of the modes. Cause there's different modes like Spring Breeze. And I think I just, you can beat it in like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And it's like a little abridged remake of the first Kirby's Dreamland. So it's shorter. And then I'm like, oh, is that it? Well, I remember playing it like, oh, that's it. I beat the game, damn, that was short. Uh, Dyna Blade uh, was a uh, one of the giant birds in Dreamland. Uh, this mode is pretty much four levels, and you gotta clear them to face off against them. Uh, Gourmet Race, which is your race, you're racing King DDD, collecting food and getting to the end of the race. The Great Cave Offensive was another mode, which was like a Metroidvania game where you had to explore, get certain things, like around 60 treasure chests of hidden across the four areas. I got lost. I didn't beat that part, but I think you had to beat that to get like Revenge of King, or Revenge of Meta Knight, Milky Way Wish, and the Arena and sub games. I think one of them. I forget which one you had to do, but you had to beat through that one to kind of get the full experience. Which that was the only one out of this whole stream I didn't complete officially. Just because the the Great Cave Offensive, I just cut. It changed the formula of Kirby, but like it, 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 it confused me, but I don't think I was ready for it. It was cool. It was a cool idea. A lot of people love Kirby Superstar. I hear the remake for DS is a good improvement on it, which I, I hope to try to get that, if at all possible, to try it out. But yeah, the Great Cave Offensive, like I'm sure a lot of people love it, but I just couldn't, I don't know, it kind of messed with my mind. Uh, then there was Kirby's Dreamland 3 on the Super Nintendo. That one was where I hit a wall with Kirby. Not a wall, but... um. It had the friend mechanic from Kirby's Dreamland 2, but improved in this one. But the only thing was, it, it was visually uh, such a nice game. Like, it looked very pretty. It had, like, a, a charcoal-ish, colored charcoal, watercolor-ish visual style, which was great. I loved it. It was awesome. That one was one where I kind of felt like some of the level design was okay, and some of the exploration wasn't as fun as previous games. So that one was was okay um it wasn't horrible but uh it was all right oh and then i forgot kirby's adventure on the nes was so fucking hard at the end finding the final boss that was really fun that that one in, in kirby's adventure that's when i was like dude they're like the end boss the end stuff was really great uh then we had kirby 64 bringing me back to my childhood with my cousin ricky's and finally playing and going through that that was fun, and, and mixing up that copy mechanic of being able to combine two different uh, abilities into one mega ability on Kirby 64, that was, 
uh, it was really enjoyable on 64. Kirby 64, I don't think is reviewed that well, but going through these mainline Kirby games, it, it was a nice mix-up of stuff, you know? And then ha having that idea of, of copying and combining abilities, which I, I don't remember if they, even through this playthrough, if they ever did that again, which was a cool concept. Kirby's Nightmare on Dreamland, we're getting into the Game Boy Advance. That one is a remake of Kirby's Dreamland for Game Boy Advance. And it was cool. Actually, not as hard as the NES version, in my opinion. Whether I was already kind of ready and prepared to experience the same thing, I'm not sure. Uh, they added some new stuff. Uh, that was Nightmare in Dreamland. Really good. Um, I, I think it was missing that difficulty from the NES one. That was probably me. Maybe some people disagree, but still, very great game. Very cool game. And then uh, the other Game Boy Advance game was Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. And this one, that one was brought me back to the Great Cave Offensive from Super Nintendo. It, it kind of took from that, but being able to explore this this giant different world map, it wasn't just a, in, in previous Kirby games, it was get to the world, go through this, go through five or eight levels, and then fight a boss, boom, next world, right? Where the Amazing Mirror kind of made it where you can go anywhere and everything's kind of connected because of these mirrors and you have other Kirby's that you can get help you out go through with you and I just I went through it for a good couple of hours on my stream but I just wasn't getting it I wasn't getting into it I, I don't know if it was the pressure of having to stream and be entertaining but when I noticed I was going back to different worlds and okay okay I've already been here and then okay I'm opening this new area I get, I would get kind of confused with the backtracking. I'm usually good with games and backtracking, but for whatever reason, I couldn't figure it out. So I want to get back to the Amazing Mirror one day and officially complete it, because it was it was visually very nice. It's beautiful. Some of the ideas in it and concepts were really cool. Just I wasn't that enthralled by it when I was going through it. Uh, there was Kirby Squeak Squad, but that was for DS, and there was no way for me at the moment to kind of stream that. So I skipped the DS games. There was also Kirby Mass Attack 2, and I skipped that one. Then we're going to the Wii game, which was Kirby's Return to Dreamland, and that one was really fun. Come to find out that this was the beginning of this team doing Kirby's Return to Dreamland on the Wii is the same team that did Triple Deluxe, and Planet Robobot, and you can feel it in the game design and the gameplay. This one was a pretty unique Kirby game to where um, in Kirby's The Amazing Mirror, you were able to link up if other people, you can have other people playing as Kirby to play the game with you with Game Boy Advances, connected with the Game Boy Advance cables, everyone with their own cable, and you can explore all these worlds and do it together. I didn't have that ability to do that, so that experience in The Amazing Mirror was something I didn't get to have, but it might have improved a lot of things in that game because it was built that way. But Kirby's Return to Dreamland had four-player co-op, in-and-out co-op, which you can go through the game with people. That, I unfortunately, did not get to experience that one because I was just playing single-player. But even with single-player in mind and playing by myself, it was still a well-made game, really fun. I, the other people could have been King DDD. Meta Knight or uh, Waddle Dee. You know, we don't really need to explain too much. Kirby's Triple Deluxe and Kirby's Planet Robobot for the 3DS. Fun, great.
great, fantastic games. Um, I think all these videos should be on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash jlsolid if you want to watch those. I don't think any of them are gone yet, but uh, should be on there. Then we're already winding down, right? We're winding down to getting to the end of this Kirby playthrough to get to the Forgotten Land. So I had one more game left. Again, I was just going through the mainline games of Kirby. You know, I didn't do Epic Yarn because that's not a mainline Kirby game. Uh, and also, I was only able to play games that I could stream. You know, I didn't have anything that could, you know, play and stream a DS or 3DS games. So a lot of some of them, if I couldn't do it, I, I wasn't able to. Last game was Kirby Star Allies, which I heard very mixed things. And going through the playthrough, it had the same concept of being able to play as Kirby, but also have partners and co-opness. And this time it had co-op characters of anyone you're finding on the field that you can help have abilities, combine abilities. So it took certain aspects of previous Kirby games and kind of marred it together. And then that's where I noticed level design in Kirby games playing previous ones and it was bringing me back to Kirby's Dreamland 3 but not as bad the level design in Kirby Star Allies was not fun that's when it hit me where I was like "Ooh, this wasn't made the level design was poorly executed and it wasn't fun to go through it it was kind of a slog so Star Allies was such a sloggy game it's not horrible but it just slowed everything down due to really i feel poor level design but then toward the end it started ramping up and becoming better but i felt it was too late and that was a bummer the cool thing about kirby's uh, star allies is it had some dlc some free dlc that was coming out where you can be all these characters from from uh past kirby games where you can go through kirby games of past enemies or bosses and you're able to have other people you're playing with be them so that you know you can be those those have your friends be those characters which was cool kirby star allies was one probably that was more shocking to me not because it was bad but just because you you knew why it wasn't good because going i think in a lot of it going through all these games showed me what made a good kirby game what made an okay kirby game and what made a bad kirby game and a lot of it has to do with gameplay level design boss interaction and even though it's not insane story, there's some cool story segments throughout the Kirby games that, you know, it's not crazy lore like a Metal Gear game, but you kind of cared. You cared to go through them, depending on what the story was for that particular game. The bummer with Kirby Star Allies wasn't that it was a horrible game, but it was only... It only got good toward the end, and it only got better when you put more into it by unlocking certain things. And that sucks because it's not a—it's not the worst Kirby game, but it just—it it was almost there. I think a little bit more time in the oven would have made it better, but alas, we got the game we did. And it's not one where I would say not to play it, but I would say if you can get it on the cheapity cheap, go for it. But like at full price, I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, going through all these Kirby games, uh, I thought I might have gotten burned out. I thought I was going to be like, I don't want to play Kirby. It could have been a risk. Going through all these Kirby games, it could have been a risk where I played them all. And by the time I got to Kirby in the Forgotten Land, 
I would have been like, I'm done. I'm done with Kirby. I'm done seeing all this. I'm done playing these games. That was a risk because it is a risk to do that. Because for all we know, Kirby and the Forgotten Land could have been the same thing, but kind of in a small 3D world. But no. Kirby and the Forgotten Land was more than I thought it was going to be. going to be Kirby's 3D outing. First time Kirby was has been redesigned, reimagined in a 3D sense. Now there was little things here or there in segments of little Kirby mini games, whether it was the 3DS games or something later that would play around with the idea of Kirby in 3D, but nothing fully realized, nothing in a full realized game of Kirby until the announcement of Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I'm here to tell you that Kirby and the Forgotten Land was everything I hoped it would be and even more. It had the tight controls. It had the fun gameplay exploration. It had beautiful graphics for the Nintendo Switch. Secrets galore. Boss battles. And Kirby had a dodge mechanic. Listen again. Kirby had a dodge mechanic where he could dodge certain attacks that would freeze the boss and you had moments to get in extra hits. Kirby in the Forgotten Land not only mixed in new abilities, but it had the super suck transform ability, which could have been a gimmick, could have been done in a way that made it super repetitive, made it really just a boring like, oh, come on, why, why are we doing this? It's slowing down the gameplay. But there was nothing in Kirby and the Forgotten Land that slowed it down. I don't think I'm going to really say anything spoilery, to be honest, in this review of Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Because I think my review for Kirby and the Forgotten Land is is going to be not that long. It's going to be a little bit shorter because the, the journey to get there for me encompassed everything. You know, it, 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 it made everything what it was. Changing Kirby into this 3D world. Now, it, he had full accessibility in these 3D worlds, but it wasn't an open world in an open world sense. You know, he wasn't going to be going, you know, from one part of the map to the end of the map. This is more 3D as in instead of a linear from left to right or right to left, you're going completely anywhere you want on the map. Uh, enemy placement, enemy, enemy design. A portal opens up, sucks in inhabitants of Dreamland. So Kirby gets sucked in, a ton of Waddledees get sucked in, and gets sucked into this post-apocalyptic world that seems very similar to Earth with some of what got sucked in, some of the enemies from Dreamland in that world. And you kind of are exploring and have to collect the missing Waddledees you meet Elphalyn, who talks to Kirby and says, can he help him find the remaining Waddle Dees? And as you're going through this post-apocalyptic world, um, how they kind of have the gameplay go through is when you're going through the game, fighting enemies, you save at the end 
a group of captured wildies, but also throughout the game, you will have little challenges that if you complete the challenges, like, hey, eat a cake that's in the world, or suck up uh, this ability, or do this, like little challenges throughout each world has its challenges in each level. If you collect them and completely collect all that, you get more waddledies. And the more waddledies you get, the more you unlock in the world itself. So you're helping Elflin throughout the game to you know, recapture or save all the waddle Dees. And that was the cool thing about this this one because you're going through the Kirby series and you know Kirby's known for sucking up enemies and gaining abilities and you do still do that and get these abilities but what's cool is when you capture and save the waddle Dees, the more waddle Dees you save, you get like this waddle Dee town that you can go to and the more waddle Dees that are saved build new new spots new areas in the world and you can get extra abilities you can play little mini games in this this town you can do all kinds of stuff but you can also upgrade your abilities so if you have the flame ability you can upgrade those abilities to be even stronger or even do more and what's cool is that they visually improve it too so you'll have the simple look of the flame kirby but then it'll have this cool ass like hat that looks like a demon with with like purple flames and stuff and like it not only is it the same abilities and we have a few extra new abilities but when you upgrade them they could become stronger and they look cooler some of the some of them though like some of the upgraded looks i'm like oh man i really like the look before it but hey what can you do but, you know, they had the fighter ability, the sword ability, all the classic abilities come back. But they had a new one where you can drill. It was like the drilling ability. And then I want to say, what was the other new one? Oh, the gun ability. So it's not like actual bullets, but Kirby basically has a gun that you could shoot. And that, that was pretty neat. But going through that, you you the cool thing they did with Forgotten Land was giving you the ability to upgrade the abilities. And I liked it. It, it, it was fun going through it. Not only that, but also doing the challenges, getting the Waddle Dees. It was fun to explore. It was fun to go through it. And sometimes once you beat a level and let's say you didn't collect all the Waddle Dees, it'll tell you how many you have left that you have to capture. And sometimes it will tell you, okay, this is what you have to do to get these extra Waddle Dees. So it's not like a cryptive kind of like, it, you know, where could they be? And you're trying all this random stuff in the game and you're like, well, I can't fucking find it. They usually sometimes it tells you what you have to do, either what you have to do or where it's at technically. So you can go through that. Level design was fun. Exploring through all these things was like it was nice. You know, having that like post-apocalyptic world look to it. You go into like a deserted mall, which is basically the malls we have today are all deserted. And then, you know, you have your basic ice levels, lava levels. But it was cool to go through all these. And, and uh, there was always something new, always something different. And with the new like suck suck up ability where you train with like the morphing ability, I think it was called mouthful mode. You could suck up a car and then drive as a car through either the world in some sections or there would be mini games in some of the levels where you would race try to get the best time try to take out the enemies while trying to get the best time get shortcuts and you would think the control mechanics are probably garbo they're probably garbage it doesn't play well no it played so tight it was well designed that it was fun to go through those i was looking forward to every time for that mouthful mode there was a mouthful mode where kirby pretty much eats a vending machine and then you can shoot out 
Coke cans, soda cans, and destroy enemies that way. Then you would be a ladder. Then you would be a light bulb. Then you would be a, a little wind. You can get on a boat and push the, the boat with the wind mouth guard or whatever it was. Every mouthful mode ability was something unique and new and fun. There was never a moment where... It, there was never a moment. I think that's, that's the one thing I could praise in this game is there was never a moment where you go like, Ugh, all right, let's get through this section. I hate... You know, let's say the car played so shitty that it wasn't fun to play, which could have been a possible thing to happen. And you just be like, oh, there's a car mode here. All right, let's just get through it. There was never that moment. It risked, there was something where it could risk that. That was a possible, that's always a possibility. It could have risked it, but it didn't. Every time you had a mode, it was fun. It changed things up. And there was always something I like to call the Gears of War 2 effect. And what I mean by that is, I think Gears of War 2, and again, this isn't the only game that's done it. But I always like to use as a, as an example, and if you're a long-time listener, you'll know what I'm talking about. Gears of War 2, to me, was probably the most variety in a Gears of War. Like, if there were, it, it made me notice in a game, like, okay, if there's ever a moment where you're starting to get bored, boom, we're doing something different. If there's ever a moment you're getting a little tired of what you're doing, boom, now we're doing this. Boom, we're doing this. Boom, 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 boom. I always call it the Gears of War 2 effect, meaning... You're on a fucking ride. You're on a roller coaster ride where things are just changing every second. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's happening. You know, it would be great if every game is like that, but no, not every game is like that. So that's why I only give it to certain titles where it's called the Gears of War 2 effect because you don't know what's happening and anytime you're get, you're you're having the feeling that you might be tired of doing this thing, boom, you're doing something else different. And that's what, you know, Kirby did. You're, oh, it was always changing up gameplay. It was always changing up what you're doing. And it was just fun going through it. The, the controls were so tight in this game. Everything from your copy abilities, collecting Waddle Dees, to mouthful mode, all that was so much fun. The world, Forgotten Land, was hitting it on all levels. And the music. Ooh, Kirby getting. That was the one thing I didn't talk about going through the past ones every kirby game has an amazing soundtrack there isn't a horrible soundtrack in a kirby game it's crazy not a lot of games can say that but in kirby always has great soundtrack always has great songs and forgotten land is no different there are some bangers in this soundtrack so much that i don't even i mean i love them i don't know them by name but just enemy fights world ones i think there was one where you kind of go into like a it's like a circus yeah there was like a circus feeling when it reminded me of near automata if you ever play that game when you go into the circus part it was the same thing in kirby and i was like wait am i playing near automata this is crazy it had it had some cool music and then there was one where it was like a um like a haunted house type but it wasn't scary it was more like a neon colors and in, in the dark that had some good music on it yeah i don't know what is What's more to say about Kirby and the Forgotten Land? There's just always something to do, even when you're in the Waddle Dee town. There's always mini games to do. There's always things when you're exploring the map and the world that you're at. You can do these little mini trials that use your copy abilities so you can get to certain objectives and try to get the, the best time. And it's not something that's... It's one that you can... You can do if you want, the little mini game trials. But it's not something tied into uh, 
oh, you can only get your last Waddle Dee by doing this really hard one. Um, it's fun. There's there's some where you're like, oh man, I could shave off another five seconds from my run on this one, or I figured it out. Like, and you can use the, your, you know, it's your uh, abilities that you're using in these time trials that are outside of the the world or in the world map. And sometimes some of them can only be accessed if you upgraded that ability to the better ability because it needs that better ability. That was fun. Graphically, you know, like the, the Switch ain't no PS5. It ain't no high-end PC, no Xbox Series X. But what, when you have a good team that could develop for the hardware that it's on, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, I've already said, level design graphically, it's just charming, beautiful, colorful, so gorgeous to look at. The only thing I would say I'm kind of bummed, uh, I don't think that one's at 60 frames per second. Now, if you're a, f I'm not a, 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 a 30 frames, 60 frames snob, but if a game can run at 60, it looks really nice when a game's as smooth as 60. And there was nothing in Kirby where I was like, damn it, I'm losing because it's shitty frame rate or it's not good. It's not that. I could take it or leave it and it doesn't ruin Kirby. I would have just liked that smooth look to it, like that, you know. But again, it's not a uh, deal breaker by any means. Uh, it would have been nice to have it at at that frame rate, but again, doesn't really change much to it. And then yeah, the end game, everything that's on there, the the it's over but it's not over ending type of thing that Kirby has always been known throughout. Um, is there and there's there's a lot of good stuff to to dig through in the forgotten land in a lot of kirby games what i always find funny and kind of weird and this one's no different and it's not a spoiler kirby's always facing god a god or a god or like gods you know like kirby fights the most powerful beings in the world and it's crazy and it always makes me think when people go like, it's a baby game, it's all stupid baby game stuff. It's like, yeah, but like, are you fighting a god in Call of Duty? These giant world-ending bosses? Like, Kirby does that. God type-ish, you know? Or things that are horrific to look at. It's weird. Without spoiling anything, it's mostly for older Kirby games. See, that's the thing. People are ready to... People are so easy to poo-poo Kirby or Kirby game and think oh it's for kids it's nothing but I think it's, it's, it's a bummer because they miss out on on something cool whether it's cool gameplay cool graphics cool cool design of characters or enemy bosses when you just dismiss it you just miss out on what it really is and that's kind of a bummer but yeah for Kirby's first 3D outing I think how laboratory Nintendo they just did it, man. They hit it out of the park. So far, it's one of my favorite games of this year. It's not doing anything insanely new, right? It's not the changing transition of open world Grand Theft Auto 3. When that happened, that changed everything. The Kirby in the Forgotten Land isn't that. But for Kirby as a whole, to transition into this 3D, to try something like this that fans have been waiting for... They did it. I think they pulled it off, you know? Again, it's not changing the whole everything, but it's just I had a great time. And that's all you can really ask for in video games is wanting to have fun, not being bored, can't wait till what's around the corner. 
everything. It's it's such a complete and fun package that my time with Kirby in the Forgotten Land was amazing. And for Kirby's 30th anniversary, I can't think of any better way to celebrate 30 years of Kirby than having Kirby in the Forgotten Land. A new direction for the series, but not only that, something that will keep the series going from here to beyond. Kirby in the Forgotten Land is a game that you should play. It's a game that if you have a Nintendo Switch, is so much fun, it should be in every Switch owner's library. Kirby in the Forgotten Land, one of my favorite games of this year. And man, it's not going to be an adventure that I forget anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs>